Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne Tite. This week, we look at female entrepreneurship. I've been reading a lot of articles and tweets recently discussing the rising number of women entrepreneurs and applauding women's gung-ho attitude. Some even liken it to a new type of feminism as women leave corporate America to run their own companies. But some of the writing is so effusive, it's awakened my inner cynic, never far from the surface. Coming up in the first of a two-part broad experience, what's real about women's entrepreneurship and what's froth? I think there is a lot of hype around entrepreneurship. It's good hype. Some of it's good hype. It's getting people excited about becoming an entrepreneur and how to become an entrepreneur. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by SoundCloud. SoundCloud lets you create, record and share the sounds you create anywhere to friends, family and the world. SoundCloud is the world's largest community of sound creators. Here's what we know. Although the number of women-owned firms has gone up more than 50% in the last 15 years, still only a third of businesses in the U.S. are owned by women. I'm based in New York, where entrepreneurship fever is raging, including at many media outlets. I spoke to journalist Manoush Samarodi not because she covers this space, but because she's ended up in it. For years, she worked for the BBC as a producer and reporter and then for Reuters. Now, like a lot of women with small children, she's trying to forge a career that lets her do something she loves and spend time with her kids. She's just published an ebook called Camera Ready that teaches anyone making video how to present well on camera. Marketing the book and running a successful Kickstarter campaign has plunged her into an entrepreneurial world bursting with zeal, and she's finding that a little hard to get used to. We spoke on Skype. You know, when you come from working with mostly Brits in a journalism field, there's a lot of cynicism. There's a lot of not taking things at face value, of really questioning things, and I think that's what makes a good journalist. And now I see this sort of enthusiasm, and it's it's, it has, I have to change my way of thinking about, you know, these broad statements when people write their bio, for example, on Twitter, and they're like, I'm all about making things great for humankind, things like that, that I would just never say, like, I like things that make the world a better place, or I don't know, I just would never talk like that, ever. But as well as gagging on that apparent sincerity, Manoush isn't sure whether to buy in. To believe that entrepreneurship is the future of work, especially for women, as a lot of people contend, it all reminds her of an earlier era of rampant optimism when she was still at the BBC. It was take a snapshot of America in 1999 and do a piece about it. And I went out with my correspondent at the time, Philippa Thomas, to do a story about entrepreneurship in San Francisco. And it was like, you know, the height of the bubble. Everybody was so excited and we hung out with these cool guys who worked in this loft and they had a um, pool table and they you know went to bars and then went swing dancing after that and had this great business and we ended the piece with this shot I mean I laugh at myself now of him doing like skydiving 
and like you know sky's the limit was the insinuation okay what was it nine months later the whole thing popped we both wonder if all the hoopla around entrepreneurship will end up evaporating or is this truly a sea change in terms of how the, the economic engine of America has to run? Right. Uh, it's exciting times to live in. I mean, I'm trying to look at it with a historical perspective and and think, you know, if it is, if this is the big sea change that's happening, I want in. I think there is a lot of hype around entrepreneurship. It's good hype. Some of it's good hype. It's getting people excited about becoming an entrepreneur and how to become an entrepreneur. That's Sharon Vosmeck. She's CEO of Astia, a nonprofit that helps women grow their businesses into multi-million dollar companies. But I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to recognize that some of it is just hype and that really what it takes to succeed in business and to succeed in a high growth business is difficult. It's long slog stuff. We have data that shows that it's on average, it's four years before a company hits inflection point and has great noise around it four years of graft before the general public hears about you and what you do. I asked Sharon how she sees the current entrepreneurship love fest. Right now, it feels very bubbly on two fronts. New York, to me, feels bubbly because it does feel like there's a new incubator every week starting. Meaning a company that's set up to support brand new businesses. And 100 new entrepreneurs applying to that incubator. This is both a good and a bad thing, but what I would highlight is entrepreneurship is hard and it's serious stuff. And especially if you're going to raise capital, um, frothy is not always the best environment within which to do that because it can leave one feeling overly optimistic in moments and then completely deflated when it takes longer than what they thought it would take. When it comes to raising capital, women business owners don't do as well as guys. Often they don't even try for outside funding. This relative lack of success in getting funded is one of the reasons Jackie Baptist has become the executive producer of a documentary about women entrepreneurs called She Means Business. Jackie's doing her own fundraising for the movie at the moment. She hopes the film will bring attention to the successes and struggles of women entrepreneurs, from raising money to just having the confidence to set themselves a huge goal and strive to meet it. Her interest began when she took on a project for one of her own clients, Microsoft, interviewing women business owners about their experiences. Do you know why they became entrepreneurs? What spurred them to start their own businesses in the first place? Yeah, I think it's a multitude of reasons. And, you know, one thing I will say is this last recession has really resulted in quite a few more women getting uh, becoming entrepreneurs. Reality is that for a lot of them, that was a necessity. For a lot of people, that's a necessity, right? They, they A lot of people got laid off and they had to find ways to support their family. That was one thing we saw, uh, we certainly heard about um, in the near term. Now, there are a lot of women who, who love the freedom and there are also those who really want to control their destiny. And that's what they want to be doing, you know. I, I would say that I'm an entrepreneur because I love it. I can wake up every day and do this and I'm really content um, as a person. I have the freedom to do what I want. I have the freedom to take my business the way I want it to go. If I don't choose to grow my business to a $10 million business, I don't have to because I own this business at the end of the day. A lot of women value that. As well as the flexibility to manage family and work on their own terms. But this may be one reason why women-owned businesses stay small. According to the Kaufman Foundation, 88% of women-owned firms in the U.S. are sole proprietorships. I spoke with Kaufman's Vice President of Innovation and Networks, Lisa Mitchell. 
Explain a little bit why it matters that the difference between somebody who's going out on their own and doesn't care if they make more than fifty or seventy-five thousand, and and what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So the reason that we care about the high-growth companies is our our data um, would show that literally job growth in this country is driven by firms that are less than five years old. And so we care about those new firms, but we also care that those new firms create revenue and create jobs. She says America produces millions of highly educated women each year, but society's losing out when so few of them go on to create companies that keep growing. And the reason that I, I like to focus on the life science topic, specifically MDs and PhDs, we have you know, a significant number of our cancer researchers in the United States are women. Those women are not taking their science that they're finding in their lab and commercializing it. So literally, when I say we have an economic problem, I mean we could have science out there that needs to make its way to the market, but the people who are founding it aren't necessarily the ones that want to take it to the market, which is a real problem. So you mean they're toiling away in the labs, but they're not applying for patents and going out on their own? Correct. And we have data um, to show literally that they are not applying for patents and they're not taking their science to market. And, and what we found is the problem is a network problem, meaning, um, and I'll give you an example, uh, Fiona Murray and Toby Stewart at MIT and Harvard, respectively, academics, um, did an analysis a number of years ago of faculty at MIT. So they looked at... Um, all science and engineering faculty, both men and women. And what they found was that a significant number of the male faculty either sit on scientific advisory boards of, of startup companies, they sit on advisory boards, they founded companies themselves, or they sit on for-profit companies. Almost 0% of the women sit on anything for-profit. Therefore, they don't have a network into the for-profit marketplace of individuals that I find the science in my lab and I call my friend you know, Jim, who's working over at GlaxoSmithKline and say, hey, I found this technology. Have you guys ever looked at anything like this? They don't have those networks. They don't have the network to help them lead them to another entrepreneur. They don't have networks even asking them to be on these for-profit boards. The women were on plenty of non-profit boards and very prominent ones, but those connections don't lead to others that could help these scientists start their own firms. Lisa says the foundation doesn't focus on why so few women grow their firms. It just wants to help the women who are thinking about expanding get where they want to go. That brings us to the end of our first show on women's entrepreneurship. In part two, I talk to an entrepreneur whose company, which has seed funding from Sheryl Sandberg, among others, wants to help young women get to the top. We were raised being able to see, you know, strong women and see them succeed and have power. So I think Gen Y women have a much bigger jumping board to jump off of than our mothers did. And I think we have the support of our mothers and our fathers. Tune in for more on the Levo League and the next broad experience coming soon. You can find past episodes and links to people mentioned in this one at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyla Tsinas. Kyla Tsinas. I'm Kyla Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.